because it was one of my favorite notes ever. You're like, I don't want to tell you why I know. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined, as most times, by Jonathan Watkins. (laughs) Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. The only one to never miss a show so far. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Jonathan, you were away on vacation. How'd it go, man? It was good. Uh, we did the we did the Disney thing. My uh, got to hang out with my younger sister and her kids, and uh, hadn't got to do that in a while. So uh, for you know for COVID reasons mm-hmm. and other things. Yeah. So it was just uh, it was mainly a blast just to get to hang out with them and uh, see my nieces and all that fun stuff. So what's like your favorite? What's like your favorite Disney thing? Um, I mean, other than the food, is it the food? Um, like you just love the Disney food? Well, there's certain. I mean, certain restaurants. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not big like on the park, like the park actual park food. That's not really my thing. But they have like really nice, you know, restaurants at each of the parks and in the downtown area and all that stuff. And so there's like we have our favorites. Uh, Yak and Yeti at Animal Kingdom is mm-hmm. one that we love. Yeah. We went to that a few times. Uh, Ride wise, I don't know, man. Um, I'm old school, so probably something like Haunted Mansion or like uh, Big Thunder. Yeah. Uh, you know, Space Mountain, that kind of what's stuff. The, what's the coaster uh, at Animal Kingdom? Uh, Expedition That's a Everest, great coaster. which is one that, yeah, my daughter and I ride that one together. Uh, we have a blast. My all-time favorite thing um, at Disney right now, though, is Toy Story Mania. Although I haven't done the, the Star Wars stuff, but that uh, that Toy Story Mania is like riding a video game. It's so, so fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Toy Story Mania is great. Star Wars stuff is fun. I mean, I mean Star Wars is, uh, they, they're not like thrill rides. They're more... Um, if you're really into Star Wars, you kind of get to be a part of the Star Wars universe, mm-hmm. which I think that's the appeal yeah. they're going for yeah, there. Like, like you get to be part of a yeah. st- like one of them, you're flying the Millennium Falcon. And that one's actually kind of cool because you actually do um, control the flight. Like especially you do control the flight for the, to, for to some extent. It's not More like Mission so Space where it's the rides. same ride every single time. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. And then the other one is you you just become part of you're you're in the resistance and you have to, you know, you have to do things to escape the the evil people. I'm I'm not the star. I don't have the Star Wars knowledge like people do, so I don't want to like Well, I mean, Danae's got to know this yeah, stuff because they promised Iris a Disney experience here soon, oh, right? Yeah. Like when's that coming? That's like oh, yeah. next spring, right? Yeah, April. Yeah. Yeah. Uh we got. We started looking at the cost of this trip uh-huh. because we've decided mm-hmm. that there are certain things that are really important to us this trip. One of them being we really want her to have a guaranteed opportunity to see Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse, which are her favorite characters. Mm-hmm. She doesn't give a mm-hmm. crap about Disney princesses, which means mm-hmm. I'm winning right now. <laughs> <laughs> that could still come, though. My daughter didn't for I a minute. I'm being but... silly. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Though. It's all um, good. The princesses yeah. are getting much, much more uh, di- dynamic. So I'm happy about that. But she was hanging out with someone and they asked her about her favorite Disney princess. And she's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> she didn't even know. Like, she was trying to figure this out. I think she ended up saying something yeah. about Octonauts or <laughs> something completely unrelated. Anyway, so we want to make sure she has an experience. So we're looking into that. And the other thing is because she will be turning five, we expect that she's going to have uh, a limit where she's going to want to leave and then come back. 
So we mm-hmm. want it to be close. So our hotel options mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at are actually on property, which just means it's going to be even more expensive. But I used yeah. to book for travel. I used to be like a little travel agent type person for my old job. Uh, I guess technically you can, you're a travel agent. I was trained to be a travel agent for hotels.com. And so that gives you an understanding of, I had a whole like training course on how to help people book certain parts of their travel, especially to really, really popular destinations, including Disney. And I learned really interesting things. Like if you book a Disney um, owned property, you get these certain benefits. Well, a lot of those benefits are coming to an end next year. So the cool stuff Mm -hmm. that I've been looking forward to doing someday, whenever I have enough money to just drop it on a really expensive hotel, they're ending like three or four really cool things. So I'm a little bummed about that, but we're just watching the money, like just ting, 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 like it's getting more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, completely out of the blue, a a friend of the family sent us um, a just $5,000 check. It just came in the mail like two days ago. It was like, hey- We've been blessed. We want to give this to you. And we're like, we're going to Disney. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope, I hope it's by then it should be, but I hope it's Disney. Because that's the one thing that was kind of weird there. I mean, they're getting back to bigger capacity and stuff. But like for right instance, right now, uh, you can't do character meet and greets. Uh, Mm -hmm. There are people dressed up, but they're from a distance and they'll wave at you and stuff like that. But hopefully Hopefully by by then, that... That because listen, all, she was confused uh, about this promise that her father made. Let's just be clear. It was not mm-hmm. me that promised this at five. Uh, although I'm I'm getting on board with it now. It's fine. It's fine. Um, but when it was her birthday this year, she's like, we're going to Disney. And we had to explain that that's we, we can't year. go to Disney, but we can go to a Disney store. And she was so happy mm-hmm. to just go to a Disney store. Oh, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We went and uh, she walked in and saw all the Disney things and thought it was the best thing ever and got to pick out a toy, which she picked out the smallest, one of the smallest toys she possibly could. And then she was happy to leave. And we're like, cool. okay, well, let's go to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) So it should be fun. I'm looking forward to it. um, But it is overwhelming. There's it's overwhelming to think about going to Disney. Yeah, for sure. I kind of I don't know. I just don't want to stretch or stress too much. And this has been today's public service announcement. For the sake of Iris's ability to enjoy Disney World, please get vaccinated as soon as possible so that this thing can be in our rearview mirror enough to enjoy Disney World. How's that? And I've heard also, by the way, there's that the the Wyndham property that's technically on property. It's great. Which I think Aaron yeah, I stay there at. a lot. It's yeah, supposed Bonnet, to be really Bonnet nice. Creek, uh, is yeah. just Bonnet Creek is one of those properties where it's like, do we want to go to Disney or do we just want to hang out at a different pool? Uh, actually, <laughs> like, the Disney the Disney resorts are like yeah, that too. Sometimes yeah. there's like there's so much to do with them. Yeah. Uh, we did that. We stayed at Old Key West. That's our that's our favorite. It's uh it was the first uh, Disney Vacation Club property. So the rooms are actually a little bigger. Because after they built that, they kind of learned how they could take space away and stuff like that. But these, <laughs> nice. but these are actually like really nice right. size, right. you know, uh, uh, places. But all all the all the stuff on Disney is really nice because I mean I mean you're paying a lot, but it's 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 really cool stuff. So well, uh, despite the appearance, this is not a Disney vacation podcast. Uh, this is a Cinema <laughs> nope. podcast. So we're gonna man, I could totally do one of those. Anybody <laughs> oh out God. there that has one that how wants me on? How many Disney podcasts do you think there are? 
There are plenty. Oh, there are I can't plenty. Even uh, do you want to only... do like a everything wrong with Disney <laughs> <laughs> a podcast? Everything wrong with Disney Vacation yeah, Club. There you go. There you go. Uh, guys, let's uh, get into this inside scoop. What's he building in there? I've got a secret. I've got a secret. Pay no attention to that. I'm going to take a look at the videos from the week, process of sending them, how we felt about the stuff we are sending in general. We always kick it off with uh, commercial sins. This is a commercial I remember. Uh, this is Got Milk, the Aaron Burr commercial. Aaron Burr. And I'm not 100% familiar with why this was such a big deal, but I remember this being a like a big deal. Like I just, it was just kind of one of those commercials was that popular. was really, really popular. Was popular. Yeah. And I doubt we would have known at the time that like Michael Bay directed it. Like I don't even think that. I think that's something that's in come, hindsight. I would think yeah. that's in hindsight. Maybe, maybe it was, but I I don't remember that part of it. But I do remember this was one that people uh, talked about. Like you, you know, people just would say the Aaron Burr mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, it was just one of those that caught on. Like where's the beef or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Um, which is, and it's also interesting now because of the Hamilton connection, uh, interest yeah. now and thinking about how long ago this was, it was just, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Uh, and this definitely, cause this was 93. So this definitely wasn't, nobody would have known who Michael Bay no, was. No. Yeah. I was definitely uh, at the end of my high school at this point. Um, by the way, two individual writers, uh, wrote, uh, independently on this, not realizing <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that yeah. another had. So this yeah. is actually a dual commercial sin script. This was uh, Scott Watkins. So Jeremy and Jonathan both, yeah. both uh, writing on I, this uh, one. I might need to check next time before I decide to write a script. And <laughs> I wrote see. a script too, um, but for a different commercial. And it's such a strange experience because they're so short. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> did I do enough? Well, and you wrote, you wrote on MVS this mm-hmm. week, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like listen, I'm trying to impress my bosses. You know, no, I just I want to keep my job and I've been threatened to be fired a couple of times recently. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, because you because you don't yeah. know enough. No, that's yeah. a, There's, you, you don't have enough. You're just sitting there doing nothing. Right. As we time, learned so. last week, you have passed that mantle on. Uh, it is now Ian's mantle uh, not to want to get fired. So that was oh, that's true. several times during the podcast. He was like, please don't fire me. <laughs> <laughs> also on Twitter afterwards, when he started yeah. razzing me again, then I'm like, yeah. hmm, I see how hey. this is going to go. And it's like, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> Someone just combined Scott and Watkins as squat, and I don't in the in the comments, and I don't think Aaron's ever done that one. That's that's yeah. good. I no, like that go. squat. Yeah. Um. Sure. Hey, if we're you want, we're gonna um, if you want to be called squat, I can call you squat. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, that movie, man. It's coming summer of twenty twenty four. It's uh, we're gonna be ragtag cops. I don't know that. Would anybody even know about uh friend of the show uh uh josh's movie called squat that will be coming out i don't know oh i didn't even oh, think about funny. that there yeah, really yeah, is a yeah. movie coming out called yeah, that yeah uh so let's talk about uh milk shall we milk. Uh, what are what, what are our feelings on milk everybody Man, agrees I, that skim milk is the best right i ha- uh every I, uh, morning i put milk every in cereal. morning when i was growing that's up it. it was milk and cereal mm-hmm. every morning that's it yep. and for me. then every day was a stomach ache for danae every day <laughs> So people wonder why I have a high pain tolerance. It's because my entire youth was spent managing incredible intestinal pain all the way every single day from basically like time to have milk all the way through high school. Then I Mm -hmm. graduated high school. I just stopped drinking milk and my pain kind of goes away. I felt felt better. better. 
And then it would be a few years until I found out about lactose intolerance. And I'm like, well, that's it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember going to pediatricians as a small child trying to explain the intense pain that I was feeling and then being like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Like that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. My mom probably doesn't feel super great about not, but it wasn't popular back then. But milk was the problem. So it sucks because I had it all the time. And it was a normal thing that I did every single day. Yeah. And now I don't. And were there other options no, then? Was not really. almond I mean, I'm milk sure, been around I'm sure that there long? were if it was something. I thought you that... meant like Pop Tarts or <laughs> it's like, yes, Jonathan. There have been other breakfast options no. for a while. Uh no, I, I'm an almond milk guy because I have I don't I'm not I don't think I have extreme issues as Danae, but I do have some sensitivities Dude. and uh so almond milk is my sweet almond milk uh is is tasty. So there you go. Yeah. But I only do it on cereal. I only do it when I eat cereal. I don't. I don't drink milk anymore. I don't really. Drink- uh, my wife and daughter drink milk with breakfast and uh, like cookies and stuff. Yeah. But I've never really been that. That's person, what I was going to so. say. I used to drink milk all the time. Uh, I used to drink like a big thirty-two ounce glass of milk every time we had pizza. Uh, I loved that. Um, but uh, and that's and that's not being. I didn't dip the pizza, but I did drink milk with pizza. But I don't drink it much anymore. Unless I'm having chocolate chip cookies, in which case there is something that cuts the sweetness really nice about milk. Well, um, so yeah. And I feel like I've heard somewhere too the older you get, the less you should drink because it has like the opposite effect. You know, it'll, it'll brittle your mm-hmm. bones um, as opposed to strengthen them when you're, Interesting. you know, when you're younger. Um, I just, like I said, I've heard that. I, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> I don't want to go on the record on with that, but. Uh, let's talk about the video uh, itself. Um, I will kick us off. Uh, I just have a couple. Uh, so not only is it a fairly easy question for the prize money involved, but you also get multiple guesses. How does a radio station run this poorly? Have $10,000 to give to anyone. Uh, that is a valid question. And I would just like to say as someone who has worked in many different radio stations, um, them being run poorly is the norm, not the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like it is a lot of people trying to keep up with a, uh, a lot of stuff or a few people, I should say, trying to keep up with a lot of stuff. So um, but yes, I doubt they would be giving away $10,000. Uh, he actually very clearly says Aaron Burr here in this commercial mm-hmm, is that. a lie. Uh, loved that. And putting this much peanut butter on your sandwich. Calm down, mm-hmm. son. Uh, loved that one as well. Because, yes, how much peanut butter do you How much? Uh, Danae, what do you got? I mean, it was a lot of peanut butter. It was so much peanut butter. But at the same time, sometimes you just want to have a big. No. The, the problem is you can take small bites and have like a lot of peanut butter if that's what you want. But he like hoovered it into his mouth Mm -hmm. so yeah i love that term i also love that he didn't put jelly on there because i am a fan of the plain simply peanut butter Mm -hmm. yeah there's something about this commercial that you feel it on the roof of your mouth and in your teeth Mm -hmm. (laughs) because of the white bread Mm -hmm. um so there was that imagery of the guy like he's kind of tacoed his sandwich and then he's got his mouth open and he's just sort of slowly almost nibble sucking it into his mouth this massive thing and the sin is about women judging his ability uh, in bed based on this imagery. And I just, thanks for that. Um, thanks, whoever wrote that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I did. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I, I love concocting these like- uh, these stories. <laughs> and so I created the character of Mindy. Yeah. Uh, who, uh, who 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 enjoys the uh, the oral pleasures of 
the guy from Jury Duty. That's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> um, I also, the entire commercial was just like, just spit it out. Just spit it out. And I was like saying it. And I had this thing. This is a, probably the first time it's really happened this intensely. Where as a writer, I'm thinking, if no one sinned that this guy could spit it out, I'm actually going to be upset because it's <laughs> just spit it out. And so I'm, the whole commercial. So it's like sin after sin leading up. And there's this whole section of sins like kind of leading towards the end. And it's kind of the final sin. And I was so relieved, number one, because I'm literally screaming at my screen. And then there's 10,000 sins that are added uh, because, yeah, if you've got 10K on the line, you just spit your freaking sandwich out of your mouth and then have like mm-hmm. and win. So anyway, I was very passionate about that one for some reason. Today was about to be that guy. Mm-hmm. I, w- I literally was about to be that guy. I will I will say, though, I mean, you know, we make we kind of joked about Michael Bay doing it, but it is a very well shot commercial. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the way it's edited, you know, where it goes around and shows you all of the memorabilia like they actually they they took a there's a lot of effort put into this, you know, and I think that's probably why it's Mm -hmm. memorable. I agree. Um, And why it's stuck with people's heads. Uh, You know, Bay gets shit on a lot. And some of it is totally uh, understood. But uh, but he is a talented uh uh, filmmaker mm-hmm. in his own right. Yeah. So I think that's a great go. point. Uh, what else did you have, Jonathan? You guys, you guys got, I will say it was funny pointing out that um, the, the bullet, they had the bullet. Uh, yeah. Like they had the actual bullet. <laughs> that was shot. Yeah. <laughs> like that would just be at some podunk museum, even if it existed, yeah. you know? Yeah. It was just kind of funny. Uh, All right, let's move into TV sins. We'll start off with some more Rick and Morty as we work our way through season two. Auto-erotic assimilation. This was a Hughes Watkins script. Danae and Jonathan writing on this one. Um, Man, I didn't remember this episode hardly (laughs) at all. Uh, But but Rick and Morty's going to Rick and Morty. I mean, it's just, it's so funny to me. It's it's interesting reading the comments on this. I mean, this is a pretty uh, important episode to a lot of people, and uh, I don't know. Like, I I remembered it, and it's it's not one that sticks with me for whatever why reason. Think I think it's why interesting. Do you think it's important to people. Is it is it because Rick sort of is broken up with, and you sort of see him being rejected because he has this sort of. I think so. There's certain times when he has a depth that you're not really expecting, where you get to sort of have a peek into his adventures and backstories and things that all the crazy shenanigans that Rick has done before we got to know him. And this is sort of a, in his history, he's dated this person who obviously they had a really like loving relationship of some kind, but then he's the destructive one, not this entity. So, yeah. 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 Which that is probably the most interesting part about it. Cause I think is it summer, I think calls them out Mm -hmm. on that. Like you're, you, you are terrible. You've got to get out of here. Like you're going to destroy this, these people, you know, and uh, that that part of it does, for some reason, though, like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's funny, and there's some clear, like, you know, Star Trek references and stuff like that that are a lot of fun. But, yeah, no, this definitely is mm-hmm. an episode. I And I think Danae hit it. I think Danae nailed it. And yeah. that final scene, I wrote that sin about it being the cliche, because I do think that was the way I read the scene, was that they were both having a moment and kind of... Uh, doing a broad like version of that moment that we've seen in more serious shows and stuff, you know, and uh, but clearly that obviously that scene touched a lot of people. And, I don't get it. I'm just going to um, be honest. And I, 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 I shit all over it, well, apparently. No, I don't, get, I, it I don't either. get it because I don't think you can do the show the way they do the show and then pull something like that off. I just I don't buy it. I don't invest yeah. in it. I don't feel any of it. 
the emotion in this this show, whenever they they go for it, uh, rings completely hollow to me, and I'm just like, I just. I think I'm uh, and, with you. And, and that has to do with a lot of things. That has to do with the, the way they write the characters. Usually it has to do with the fact that, that the characters that they're playing with sometimes aren't even technically the same people because of other episodes that have mixed in realities and different. Like, it's just like you have done so much to say none of this matters that why am I supposed to believe any of this matters? Like, um, so, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to buy into that stuff. It's hard to sympathize with yeah. Rick. It is hard to yeah. sympathize with Rick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but they still try at least to put in some dimension yeah. to him in these emotional ways. And this is definitely one of those episodes, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, and this was a, a another like highly sexual episode, which now uh, having watched some of the new season is very mild compared, <laughs> which is a little bit shocking to say. <laughs> Um, it was fun writing this one. We did have to like in the writing process, uh, Jonathan and I had to point out a couple of things. Like there was a, there was something that we cut. Uh, there was a sin that I cut because, um, Jonathan was basically sinning that when Rick is flying into the stadium to have this epic oh. sex <laughs> moment and he kind of outlines like, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to wear chaps assless chaps and i want to hang glide into an amphitheater that's filled with a whole bunch of redheads and people that look like my dad who are chanting go son so this was like the setup <laughs> and jonathan wrote this great sin but he's and it was about how his his penis should be out uh flapping in the wind and i had to point out that it actually was it was just <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favorite notes I have a bunch of random stuff in my keeping tabs this week, and this was actually one of them because it was one of my favorite notes ever. You're like, I don't want to tell you why I know, but, but or I, I wish, wish I didn't, I didn't know. know something like that. Because yeah. I was thinking the same but, thing, and I'm like can zooming totally see in, it. looking for Rick Dick, and I'm like, this is my job, and it is there, and it is blurry. It's hard to see against the mm-hmm. the sky. Uh, but I had to, we had to cancel that one. So that was just kind of a fun yeah, one. That was how my. That was how my sin ended. This scene should have more Rick Dick, I think, was how it, how the sin ended. And my favorite part of this entire yeah. episode has to be the B story with uh, Jerry and, um, and Beth fighting in the basement with the alien, who's mm-hmm. just this super sarcastic alien once he puts the like the little um, language thing on his throat mm-hmm. so he can speak. Just his snarkiness and kind of like the slow opening garage door that's just like, it, it was just a fun uh, I, I had fun w- watching this episode um, almost more than I had fun sending this episode. It was interesting yeah. listen. Uh, I'll kick us off with uh, some of the sins uh, since I didn't write on this or anything else this week for that matter. Uh, Summer makes worse observations than Forrest Whitaker and Species. Uh, loved that reference. Um, wake up, people. You have to fight it. You're under the spell of an evil monster. I can hear you. And then the sin is just every four years in the United States of America. Uh, really love that. <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, Mommy, May I Please Have an Alien Dungeon proved to be a very uplifting piece of filmmaking, especially for a Lifetime movie. Uh, enjoyed that one as well. Um, really great stuff. Uh, Jonathan, what did you have? Uh, I enjoyed hearing you say he's toe up from the flow up, <laughs> which I guess if you'd seen the episode, because we didn't actually show no, the scene where Jerry totally, says it's that. It's totally out of so, context but, uh, in a way. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. But I kind of like that because I think people that, you know, people that really like mm-hmm. the episode got it. So. Uh, people you talk to while walking, who talk to you while walking away, mm-hmm. uh, that's funny. 
And then I just love the, like, I, you know, I didn't write the whole send down, but just the one that started describing the, uh, you know, what is that? What is that thing? That hard thing, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's flaccid. And then at the end it's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Caulk. <laughs> it's soft, then it gets hard and you put it in holes and cracks. <laughs> yeah. That it's really one was, good in places that are wet. Yeah. That yeah. was fun because that was a merger of uh, of minds. That's one where you put a sin out and you're like, there's something here. It needs to evolve more. And we all kind of just wrote on it until it became the raunchy thing that it is now. Um, I, uh, mm-hmm. I, I added some of that during narration too. Like I oh, remember, yeah, I think whichever one of you wrote that, cause I shadowed on this. I, I started it oh, off. It was Danae. So Danae, so Danae started it. And then I think I was like, uh, we should actually do a misunderstood word here. And I think I even had caulk in the original script, but I, I think yeah. I added some of the things in the narration yeah. as well. So, so, yeah. so I was. Uh, this sin kind of originated from the idea is that Rick is essentially saying, or sorry, Jerry is saying that Rick is not great because he can't remember things like the word family or something like that. And as mm-hmm. a, a still a relative, I'm, I'm still a new mom. Uh, I can't remember words in ways that is, it's very alarming. I, the amount of brain power I had at my disposal at any given moment before having a child versus now is mm-hmm. so Absolutely. different. And so I was kind of wanting to sin essentially like this is normal life for a lot of people. It's not forgetting a word isn't something that's a big deal. And so my sin was I I was kind of trying to come up with something. And I think I went with something silly like trying to remember the word sandwich. And immediately uh, Aaron was like, let's make it this instead. And I'm like, great, (laughs) let's do that. It was, it's really fun. Yeah. Well, and of course the, the, the zinger is how much, uh, caulk sounds like uh, a different word that would also like, it's just, it's a really perfect, uh, comparison. Well, and especially when you're angry, you can't remember, or when you're frustrated, you can't remember anything. Like I, I mean, I, I hope I'm not as ignorant as Jerry, (laughs) but, uh, I do, I do sound like Jerry sometimes when I just get like, you know, oh, yeah. like, what is going yeah. on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, uh, the stories are true, uh, for those of you, uh, who may be a little bit younger, uh, that does get worse, uh, it's as crazy. you get older. It's so weird. <laughs> it's like the things I can't rem- There's I scientific remember. There's scientific reason oh, my for God, it. That's, and I, I couldn't, I, I couldn't remember that. Russell Brand's name yesterday for like, it was just like, it's, well, it's just weird. That's not. And I had to make, like, I, I sent, I sent Aaron and Janae a message the other day about a video. I was making sure we hadn't received the edit yet. And I wasn't even upset about it. I was more concerned that we had. I had reviewed it and okayed it. Meanwhile, I'm over in our Slack channel I was saying, very glad to hear it hadn't come yet. And I'm yet. on our other Slack channel like, hey, guys, I set up a meeting. And they're like, is this the meeting you just told us about yesterday? And I was like, oh, oh yeah, my God. Right. No, no, no. It was the meeting you had addressed. The paragraph above that one or whatever, <laughs> it was like right underneath Aaron saying, great, hey, I set up this meeting. Uh, we are so God. old. We are so and old. And I was so it's confused not, it's, it's and not, I didn't want to sound like an age. ass, but I wanted to make sure it it's was the same thing. It's not just so age. Like, it's how many <laughs> no. decisions we have to make in a day for like yeah. families and all the other stuff we manage yeah. and our brains are just like. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh God! Um, I think there you guys done. The only one that I have that you guys didn't mention is the. Uh, it's still that part whenever Summer is kind of chanting to the crowd to try to get them to break away from Unity's mind control, and she's so she says the mm-hmm. one that Aaron mentioned about uh, the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. election Every cycle. Four years. Yeah, and then she also says you have to have some individuality left in there. And the sin is pep talks around the writing room here at CinemaSins <laughs> and. 
I, I just thought that was <laughs> that was just a really fun one. <laughs> it is good. Because it, it good. does feel like sometimes you're just scraping the bottom of the barrel. We're all trying to pep each other up like, we've got more in here. So yeah. it was fun. Uh, yes, recently we have been the Rick and Morty and SpongeBob channel, and that is uh, the case this week again. Uh, we do have another episode of SpongeBob to talk about, Muscle Bob Buff Pants. Uh, this also a Hughes Watkins script. Um, so I, we can probably go right into the sins. I don't know that there's there's too much other to uh, to talk about with SpongeBob. Yeah, we've talked a it's, lot about it's SpongeBob. It's another weird SpongeBob uh, episode, that's for sure. Uh, so weird. I love the uh, Sandy doesn't put any spacing between SpongeBob and SquarePants, which means Sandy is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love mm-hmm. that. And then the other one I wrote down was he's also controlling balloon extensions with the power of his mind. But yeah, let's focus on the arm muscles. Um, <laughs> great this episode is so goofy. The entire mm-hmm. thing is he wants to change his shape to be more muscular and he can do that. So why is episode? <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. And would there even be a way for him to get like stronger like uh, he's a but then we yeah. just question spongebob and that's just a yeah yeah an endless conversation it it sure is it sure is uh danae what were some that you uh wanted to mention um there's a a meter that's kind of dialing and it dials from like normal up through strong and then super and it goes all the way to jerk and so um the sin is jerking yourself in public as the meter kind of goes up mm-hmm. um and then i really enjoyed two of the outtakes on this episode uh, there's, you know, how SpongeBob will have um, the moments where it superimposes real photos into the cartoon, and when Sandy lifts up her arms to flex, it looks mm-hmm. like a big beefy arm. And because I have watched WWE a lot, I instantly thought of The Rock, and so I knew as soon as I saw that, I wanted to have an outtake of that moment where you can, you know, hear The Rock doing his like, "Give you some." what the mm-hmm. rock is cooking and so that was really fun and then also this um spongebob's arm which are balloons they just look really ridiculous uh and of course it reminded me of homestar runner with a strong bads drawing of trogdor the burninator and so it was really fun to pull in a trogdor outtake this week nice very nice uh Those are my Jonathan, what about you uh blowing yourself in public uh, it was very funny. <laughs> it was a nice one-two punch with uh, the jerking sin. They they, yeah. they played well off each yeah. other. They did. Um, and then uh, taking advice from sharks. I just loved the uh, simplicity <laughs> of that. <laughs> we we rightfully got called out in the comments uh, on that one. Uh, lots of people saying oh, that's, that sharks are giving no, good that, advice. Lots of people saying that's sharkist. Uh, and you're right. You're right. Oh, that's a little bit nice. That is true. Sharkist. I was I was being an ass. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move into music video sins. Uh, Ed Sheeran uh, has uh, entered the conversation. Uh, Bad Habits is the name of the song and video. And yeah, Danae, what's up? Writing some music video sins? Yeah, so um, I meet with Barrett once a week to just kind of go over all the company stuff and all the different things that I manage and he manages. And we just, we've got a lot going on. And we were talking about um, uh, music video sins and he just was like, would you ever want to to write on one? Um, I mean, I wanted to say no, but I said yes. <laughs> uh, no, I've I've never tried to flex that muscle before for the MVS format. But uh, I just said, hey, if I can just send you like a one pass, here are just some things I noticed. And then if you want to massage the sins or amplify them or whatever, then go for it. 
that mm-hmm. is a really easy thing for me to do. And so that's what I did. And so I I was surprised that none of them were massaged. He put them in straight as is. And it's funny because sometimes we yeah. write and we think, oh, I could do this. Like I could refine this. I could spend like 15 more minutes. I could spend two hours on this one sin. And then, mm-hmm. and yet just like writing it out is just as good as trying to make everything yeah. as, you know, like juicy as possible. So uh, yeah, I got to watch... I got to watch this video from a, in a different perspective and it was interesting. I don't. Uh, yeah. What did Barrett have to say uh, about the, the video and such? Uh, Barrett said, I don't mind the Ed Sheeran song, but I loathe the video. What are they going for here? Goth chic, vamp porn, British true blood. It's muddled and stupid and of course has Nothing to do with the song. Ed Sheeran has made a few great videos in his time. See Thinking Out Loud, which is gorgeous. But this is just someone jerking off to a stupid idea, whether it was him or the director. Also, Ed was a terrible actor in that Yesterday movie. I'm sure Aaron will agree. (laughs) Aaron, do you agree? I mean, it's a, it's a, sure. Sure, I'll agree. For the What's sake the of deal with yesterday, does one of you like it and one of you doesn't, or something? Is I it don't know. A... Um, yesterday. Yeah, I I hated yesterday. Oh, um, that's probably so too strong. I just didn't. I didn't like it. Away. I just didn't like it. I thought it was it was uh, it was silly. So, yeah. It had it had a, a fun concept that it decided not to use well. Gotcha. I just I couldn't remember if that was actually because you know there's like silly movie feuds between Aaron and Barrett so I couldn't remember if that was yeah. one of them. Yeah, I think Barrett did enjoy it uh, more than me. So yeah. <laughs> I like it. We're getting musical accompaniment to our conversation. It's nice. <laughs> Today, what about you? What are do you kind of agree with Barrett? Uh, you were the other writer on this, so I'm just curious, kind of your thoughts as you. It was dug very into it. perplexing on multiple levels. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the sins point out the things that are curious about it, like in just like a general broad stroke kind of thoughts. Is um, it was awkward because I just don't understand what the chaos mob, like the mob, is happening. It's literally mm-hmm. just a, like people flopping and puking and flipping around and just like this absolute like bedlam and danger so why are people going there if there's vampires that hang out there and it is just there's so many shortcuts and so i know there's some sins that kind of point out all that stuff but it's it's definitely supposed to be a you know i'm dangerous person and so if you come around me then you become a dangerous person and i can kind of see the vampiric link there uh but the video is just um and there's an element there, and there's an element of continuing to go back to something that you know is bad or dangerous yeah. or whatever. And so I think that I think that what's the video is trying to do. I don't know that it yeah. succeeds very well, but, I, but yeah. Well, and I think I think Barrett makes a good point that the you know you're judging these things. It's it's. I mean, I'm not saying Sheeran makes the greatest videos ever, but he's made some really interesting uh, videos. Like uh, the Galway Girl video uh, is is a really cool video. And uh, so I guess if you're judging on that, this one just feels a little, feels a little lacking compared to his other I, stuff. It's like, you know, it's like the lesser Pixar yeah, movie yeah. or something. It, it's, and then there's just a, there's a lot of confusion, I think, about what 
like where this is going at the end. And so for it to just end with the standard vampires disappear in the sun kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I kind of wish it was had done more or slowed its pace slightly so that you could understand a story instead of it just being this we're just looking everywhere. So I don't know. It was yeah. not the worst thing I've ever seen. I prefer this over uh, a lot of the other videos I've seen. Sure. So Sure. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you get us into uh, the sins? What were some of your favorites? Um, I like just the whole thing about why would you put the nail uh, polish mm-hmm. like in that one section and it ends when, when Devin needs to freshen up her nail color, would she have to straddle Ed to reach the new mm-hmm. hue? Uh-huh. Yep. I'm pretty sure you would just ask him to stand up, but I did agree that it was really poor placement. It's such a strange place for... <laughs> nail polish is something you go to regularly when you're at a salon, so... People go over yeah, there yeah, and they yeah. browse the colors. So if it's if it if most of your selection is behind the hair dryers, how are you going to get to it? Um, and also, uh, that was kind of also a dual shout out to Devin of Moco Maid because she always does her nails um, with new colors for her Twitch streaming. And so that was kind of a way for me to. She's just like one of the first person oh, people that I think of when I think about nail color these days. And so I, I did a little shout out for her. Hmm. That's cool. Nice. Um, I also like, uh, I mean, that's not where nail polish is supposed to go, but okay. (laughs) Like when you see his Mm -hmm. face and, uh, I just like the screaming of don't waste the condiments because that is something that actually gets shouted in our house sometimes. So I thought that was interesting. And, uh, I always love cats is always a great Mm -hmm. sin. Yes. And this seemed like a particularly funny one. Yep. So. Uh, I will add the uh, mention, speaking of cats, the mention of Shark Cat uh, was my first clue that Danae had written on this one. <laughs> fucking Shark Cat, man. That fucking, I, like, le, fuck that. Fuck it. Don't, I don't know send what it that to is. me. I don't want to see it. She's not uh, joking. Shark Cat is one of the most triggering images on the internet for me. It will send me into a panic spiral and fuck Ed Sheeran for making that visual that looked so much like Shark Cat to me. I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. I have yeah, no idea what Shark of, Cat is. That was I don't know that sin. I want to know. That was like Danae you'll going be like, fine. just if you want to look up Shark fine. Cat, you'll you be Google fine. Sh- it's Shark just, cat. I fucking hate, it's, fuck, it's the worst fucking thing. We have to move on. <laughs> Danae <God>. single-handedly <laughs> earning us the explicit tag this week. Uh, Sorry, everybody. No, you don't need to be. That's um, if I didn't make a lot it of the reason. So, well, I just got a bunch of stuff. So is it the cat in the shark? I don't know which of these it's supposed to be, and I'm not going to share them. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's shark cat. It's yeah, it's the worst image it's, ever created. Oh, in God's I see Earth. It. Like someone did that. I see. Someone it. did that. Yeah, that's. that's I will that's creepy. block you if you send this to me. Mm-hmm. Don't fucking do it people out there you lovely btsers i know you wouldn't do it actually you're my people thank you thank you for protecting. um it, i think it's more likely aaron or i would do <laughs> it on accident. No, I, but i'm not no, going to better not, aaron wouldn't do it <laughs> i know better that's when danae swings from happy person into angry person mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that that's when if you value danae as a friend that is not something you do uh let's see if the person is a stranger no, how do you do know that. them at all uh like that one and hate my mic apparently <laughs> whoa are you okay <laughs> like, sorry about that love that one and then the hey we're just one uh, ed short of a full ed ed and eddie reunion uh made me laugh quite a bit uh for that one as well uh Danae, what else did you want to mention uh talking to a child and ramming into balloons were other ones that were just confusing to me <laughs> I'm sure that someone thought the ramming into balloons was a good idea. It just looks so <laughs> weird to me. 
mm-hmm. have him like just struggle and be like, we're just going to ram you into this balloon. And it didn't, I didn't understand what was you happening. You need to set up, what you need mm-hmm. to do is you need to set up a dart monkey probably in the upper corner and then use like a super monkey more yeah, towards the center the and then get the, yeah. 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 So uh, and then I like I like how and I did we didn't send this but the next shot in the video so it's Ed Sheeran who's been suspended from the ceiling so he's like just hanging in the air and then there's this strip of big yellow smiley face balloons and they just run him through them and the next shot I think is supposed to be like the interior version of what's seen from inside the balloons but turns out it's just chaos and you can't even see Ed Sheeran at all so yeah. it's just like this Every split second, you might see part of his face, but it's just like him, like just batting at all these balloons as he's being rammed through them. Um, I, I don't know. I think drugs are probably involved. <laughs> seems seems possible. Seems possible. <laughs> all right, let's move into Cinema Sins, uh, kicking it off with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, this was a Cher Watkins script, uh, Jonathan and Barrett writing on this one. I was kind of surprised we hadn't done this yet. I knew I had written on the more recent Johnny Depp. Uh, yeah, me Willy and Wonka. you. Yeah, Jonathan and I did that one. Um, and so I was surprised we hadn't done the original yet. Um, a lot of deja vu uh, watching this because, you know, obviously they, they cover some of the, the same uh, avenues. But uh, but yeah, this was this was a lot of fun. Um it's interesting. On this one? I have that it was Barrett and Jonathan. Is that not correct? It was. Okay. It was us. Okay. Yes, yeah. that's correct. And I think yes. Barrett had some stuff to say about it. I guess we can read that. We, first. I'm sorry, Danae. We were talking about uh, Aaron and I wrote on the Charlie. Oh, and the yeah, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What did Barrett have to say? He says, "I love Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but as mentioned in the Sins, it takes so long for them to get to the actual good part." <laughs> Sorry about that. No. <laughs> he, he actually wrote in parentheses, please no, sing this. <laughs> but he probably will now. <laughs> um, he also somehow picks, he totally rigged the contest. The worst kids in the world to tour the factory. Like, if he actually held a free and fair recruitment, he would have uh, maybe ended up with a brat or two, but overall the kids would be hanging on his every word and loving every second of that tour. But it was the 70s and everyone was a fucking psychopath. So here we are. One thing I did enjoy was going to Gram- going after rather Grandpa Joe, who's just the worst. He bamboozled his daughter or really in-law, is. who the fuck knows, into taking care of him for 20 years while he just lays there in a geriatric orgy bed, smokes free tobacco, then horns in on Charlie's victory as soon as he gets the ticket. Then he convinces Charlie, who has been a model citizen to this point, to drink the fizzy stuff. And break the rules. Then calls Wonka a crook at the end when he says that they broke the rules. Grandpa Joe can eat a chocolate dick. Anyway, Gene Wilder is delightful, of course. And one of the most underrated comedians of all time. Has many fewer credits than you might think. Yeah, yeah. Gene Wilder, I mean, he literally, I mean, that sin came from the heart. Like, he owned the 70s when it came to comedy. Because, I mean, Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, Silver Streak. I mean, just ridiculous. And nobody talks about him, really. I don't, I mean, I don't yeah. hear about it. I don't feel like yeah. so. I mean, you see his beautiful face all the time. Uh, thanks, memes, uh, as mentioned in the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, not a lot of people do talk about him. I think part of that, too, though, is when 70s are discussed, it's more about the gritty stuff or it's like the, you know, the, uh, you know, Jaws and Star Wars, like the blockbusters that came yeah. out of there. And we don't talk as much about the comedy yeah. uh, from from the 70s. Uh, so. He makes this movie. 
I, I that is my opinion. Like I don't know that I would have that this yeah. movie would have yeah. the cultural place, the fun place it has, the nostalgia place it has with a lot of people without him. Um, because the I, the story the the story's fine and it's fun, it's very childlike. But I, I really think his charisma makes this movie. Yeah, it's interesting. I love this movie. I watch this Me movie too. all the time Me as too. a child. And, um, you know, and it's interesting because people talk about the nightmare fuel and stuff, which does exist. But I think a lot of that stuff we realize more as adults than we did as kids. I mean, I think we definitely as kids, we watched this and we there was danger there. Right. Like the chocolate factory wasn't the safest right. place. But I think that was kind of exciting. Right. Yeah. You know, because it's like it's a kid's movie, but it's got a little edge to it. Uh, as an adult, I watched this a few years ago with my daughter because she was actually in a production. Uh, she played a new Balumpa. It was super cute, by the way. But um, we watched this one uh, together because she wanted to watch it. And that was the first time I'd seen it in like probably 15 years or something. And I didn't enjoy it as much. And I enjoyed it even less this time because it, it's, it's just kind of a mess. Um, Wilder is really the thing that, like you mm-hmm. said, I mean, he's what he works in it. I, very little else works. The... Um, it doesn't know if it's a musical or not, which we send. Um, it doesn't really seem to understand that the book is actually called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> and uh, but which is really odd because if it if it wants to make Wonka the main character, then I feel like he should be in it sooner mm-hmm. than he is. And so it's like the movie just all of a sudden is like, hey, Charlie's. We don't need to focus on Charlie yeah. anymore, even though that's the only person we've had access to for like forty five minutes. Uh, it's just tonally and structurally, it's kind of a mess. But uh, Gene Wilder is so good, and the movie looks mm-hmm. good, right? The the Chocolate Factory is just so awe inspiring. It's just so much fun yeah. um, and terrifying. Uh, so, no, but yeah, I don't. It's it's definitely not a movie like the nostalgia kind of went away for me. Um, but uh, but I can still watch yeah. him. Um, but it's just yeah, it's definitely I don't love it like I used to for sure. Today, I'm assuming this was in your world growing up a little bit, at least, at least uh, awareness. Kind of what's your experience with it? Oh, yeah. This is definitely what I've seen. So no drinking today. Uh, surprise. Um, I definitely had a strange, I don't know, maybe the strange is the wrong word, but I had reactions to rewatching this and the Sins video that I wasn't expecting, like um, watching the Candyman pour candy and the paper mm-hmm. that would come out of the paper roll with all the like little candy dots on it. Mm-hmm salivating just thinking about because when i was a kid i would just watch it and i would just i remember imagining what that candy store would smell like Mm -hmm. all of the sugar in the air and the chocolate and every time someone would bite into a chocolate bar and this happened again at the factory too but that first candy store it's so weird so when we were sitting it i'm having these flashbacks to literally just obsession over that scene Mm -hmm. um so when the sin was like so if candy is being flung around, why can't Charlie, who's standing out there looking, you know, on the inside, uh, why can't he go in and have some? That blew my mind. It was like, that's a yeah. good question. Something I'd yeah. never thought of before. I agree. Um, there's also something else about this movie. Um, besides the fun that I had and the songs and, you know, that kind of thing. It is dark. And that's something that I don't know that I recognize, like the sadness in it. I don't know mm-hmm. that I remembered feeling that sadness or that strangeness, like being afraid of Slugsworth or being afraid of um, the the guy that kind of rolls up in the street talking about going down the rushing glen, you know, mm-hmm. those people um, or the te- the teachers. I don't rem- I remember not liking them and the adult stuff being confusing to me because I was a kid. Uh, but when the Willy Wonka stuff 
kicks off and they're in the factory and even the dark stuff that happens there i was so enthralled by this you know universe of that mm-hmm. i just the rest of it was completely forgotten to me um so it's interesting to kind of like look at it with the adult eyes and i haven't watched it as an adult at all so so there's this one thing i can never forget in this movie um i think this might be one of the reasons i'm obsessed with certain sounds so in the scene where the guy is plugging in the information into the chocolate machine to get the coordinates for like where the next chocolate bar Mm -hmm. is the way this is so weird (sighs) the sound that the buttons make as he presses it literally Mm -hmm. obsessed with that part and to this day (laughs) i love buttons i love the way that they press there are certain buttons that you push them and they have a little give to them and then Mm -hmm. when you depress them they kind of click into place those ones Mm -hmm. i particularly love in fact there was this one day that i went on a tour of a decommissioned warship that was in this bay i think we were in hawaii (laughs) and they had this uh console that the the ship was decommissioned so of course i'm pushing buttons because they're within reach and there's no sign saying that I couldn't because I I, can't, I have to know what it feels like to press them and like the sound that they make. And I think mm-hmm. it comes from this movie because when it got to that part of the Sins video, I was super bummed to not have that as part of the lead in so I could hear it. And I would watch <laughs> that part over and over again just to hear that clicking noise. And that's, that's just a weird thing about me that I get to share with you today. So, nice. uh, yeah. Very nice. Um, I don't know. I thought that this movie was awesome when I was a kid, and now I think it's dark. And with the Oompa Loompas, that's extra concerning to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I did. I actually put this up on Instagram because, oh, hey, guys, I took over Instagram. BTS fans, I took mm-hmm. over Instagram. And, uh, and when she says that, she means the official CinemaSins Instagram. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Not the company. I, I don't own Instagram itself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, I... Yeah, you're like you'd still be here doing this if you owned Instagram. I probably would. I love this. I love you guys. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I uh, asked them what their like what the biggest sin of the movie was, and everyone pretty much said the most people responded that was Grandpa Joe, and the number two was the Oompa Loompas. And I did learn something really interesting, um, which was that apparently Roald Dahl uh, intention uh, his intention was for Charlie to actually be black. Did you guys know that? No, mm-hmm. but I knew there was a lot of uh, that he was purposefully dealing with slave imagery and those kind of things yeah. with the Oompa Loompas. Yes, yes, and he hates. And this you movie. see it more. You movie. see Does it he? more in the new one. You mm-hmm. see it more in the he new one. Like in the, the new one, they go to Africa to get the Oompa Loompas. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, they do. They yeah. do. Yeah. So I, I read something on NPR because I wasn't sure. So someone commented that their least favorite part of this movie, or the biggest sin rather, of this movie to them is that the editors said that uh, Charlie could not be black because people would it, would wonder why he was black and not white. And so they wanted to change it. Um, and NPR did a, uh, like they had an article, I think in 2017, I think, um, <clears throat> that, and the title is, Roald Dahl's widow says Charlie from the Chocolate Factory was originally black and just kind of goes into some more kind of information. Um, but uh, it was supposed to be a commentary on, you know, impoverishedness and mm-hmm. then also, but mm-hmm. he was also getting flack because, and I think the original text, they do go to Africa to get the Oompa Loompas and then they changed it to where they were orange with green hair in follow-up publications. So maybe there was just, 
So they shifted some things around. I think the commentary is still there, but it is interesting to to think about like if it was done, uh, you know, differently today, what mm-hmm. that would be like. So I yep. learned some things on Instagram, but they agreed that the biggest sin uh, kind of was the grandpa character being. Oh, yes. There's a great uh, <laughs> SNL sketch uh, on that whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. You should check it out. It's really, really funny. Okay. Uh, today, why don't you uh, kind of take us into the sins then? Okay. Um, I really liked the question of, would this really be that big of a deal winning a lifetime supply of chocolate? This international explosion of excitement, would there mm-hmm. be a full on panic today? That was just an interesting thought to have. Uh, the dramatic sin where it cuts over and it's like, we interrupt this Willy Wonka movie to bring you an episode of Columbo already in progress. <laughs> Jonathan, yeah. was that you? That scene is, no, that was actually Barrett. <laughs> I wrote I wrote something there too, but we went with Barrett's. Um, I don't remember what I wrote, but that scene is so weird. And I never remember yeah. that scene. As many times as I've seen the movie, Every time that scene happens, I'm always like, "Oh yeah, I, I totally I swear forgot." As a kid, this was I must have movie. watched the movie on repeat, starting at minute 45. Like I like that the first 45 yeah. minutes of this movie, I just don't remember a lot of well, it. And it's also possible, like for TV and stuff, maybe they even cut that yeah. scene. I, I you know, because it's just not one that resonates with me yeah. at all because it feels so out of place. Yeah, it's like even the humor. Like like the humor doesn't fit with the humor in the mm-hmm. rest of the film. It's just it's it's oh it's so weird. Yeah. Um, and then the how also how bad does this place smell right now? Part mm-hmm. of the bedpan oh, yeah. was that fun. Was yeah. it, it was I liked it because it starts out where it kind of sins the whole elders in bed thing, and then it kind of goes away, and then the, the video comes back and has a whole new onslaught of questions, uh, which was great. Um, what another thing that kind of blew my mind was asking uh, pointing out that there were only so many seats on the boat ride mm-hmm. and how no one like that should have been yep. a concern for everyone there that was a th- this was one of those videos where there's enough being pointed out that kind of blows my mind that i had a really good time oh i've never seen that before or you know those were mm-hmm. really good um well like the girl getting hit by the uh the candy <laughs> yeah. man hits that girl and like yeah. I I mean and and I actually read about it afterwards like that is actually something people have noticed but I had never noticed yeah. it before we so call those, uh, it just, Danae, we call those Archimedes sins. Oh really? Archimedes sins. Yes, cuz you have a eureka moment. <laughs> oh, I um, see, I see. Yes. <clears throat> okay, put that down because in the remember, uh, Wikipedia. Remember I I have names for all the different types of sins. The question uh, is do you remember the names? Uh, Sometimes Archimedes sins are where you have a eureka moment where like, I never noticed that before. Um, starfish sins are ones <laughs> that you throw out there for only a few people to get, you know, just like a handful of people will get them, but they're, you know, really funny. Uh, free bird sins are like the classics, uh, like, you know, the, uh, excellent at cinema sins, those kind of things. I call those free bird sins and, uh, Baker street sins are the ones where you're really studying the clues. Like you, uh, have to really Whoa. like go into depth with several clues. So yeah, Whoa. yeah. That song was ruined <laughs> by Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Just want to throw that yes, out there. It's such, a, it's such a wonderful song. Some of the best sax and a song ever. And then yeah. Dave Ramsey just ruined. I hate it. it when somebody ruins your best sax. Uh, it's just it's really it's the worst. Thing. It's the worst. <laughs> I'm just walking into this crap today. I don't even know how I'm doing it. Uh, uh, the last one started first thing in the morning. It has the last one ended. I'll mention was the uh, narrator's relief to finally be able to send the out of sync Oompa Loompa song. Yeah, that that, I really too. enjoyed that. Uh, you mentioned a lot of mine. I also uh, wanted to mention the Bacchanal 
of the children in the candy store made me laugh. Uh, the addition of the grow hairy palms uh, made me laugh. Uh, the uh, shaky cam is so bad in this sequence, I'm pretty sure Jason Bourne just vomited. Uh, it's so well played. Uh, and uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think you mentioned this one, Danae, but uh, maybe you did. I can't be certain, but I'm pretty sure this room is where COVID started. Uh, that was so funny to me. The wallpaper it was so hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I had that one. Jonathan, too. what else did you have? Um, I enjoyed the uh, one could say Veruca Salt is a volcano girl. That was a really fun uh, uh, reference to throw in there. Um, all, and then also just sending the idea that like uh, this would interest the whole world, mm -hmm. like touring a chocolate factory would just like be like the most exciting thing ever. And, you know, Barrett even went in and wrote like all the stuff that was going on at the time, you know, and trying to figure mm -hmm. out like what would even get that kind of interest today. It's just, it's weird to me. Maybe, maybe in 1971, maybe that would have been a big deal. I don't know, but it just seemed, it just seemed odd that the entire world was just like, you know, um, I have to be able to go to that chocolate factory. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. That was just kind of weird. So, um, and then, um, the, uh, just talking about what all they were doing in the bed and um you know like someone would have accidentally fucked right and you know in the last 20 years i just thought that was a really like funny way to put it mm -hmm. um <laughs> just <laughs> i also it was it was such a stupid send to but just the way like the newspaper guy says you know say hi to grandpa joe and then we did the you know but fuck the rest of your people <laughs> i love talking shit to poor people yeah it was just such a goofy little moment. So I always enjoy stuff like that. And then also the adding the 10 cents while I make an honest donation to the ACLU. Had you guys mentioned no, that one yet? No. Uh, I thought that was a really uh, a funny, it was. silly one that Barrett that put was in. Great. I'll address yeah. that in the comment section. Oh, nice. Well, let's, uh, let's head on to one of the clearest and most concise and understandable movies in the history of film. Uh, we're going on to Cloud Atlas next. This was a <laughs> Scott Whittington script. Ian and Jeremy writing on this one. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, Cloud Atlas. I uh, don't have a lot to say about uh, the Wachowskis uh, movie. Uh, it's, it's all in the Sins video. <laughs> like it's all there all my thoughts so you don't um you like this movie though right or you're no. like fascinated, I am fascinated by, it. by it i find this movie just i it is everything it is everything i loved that was subtle about the matrix unsettled <laughs> like it is it is all just interpretations yeah, and metaphors weird. and what does this mean yeah. and let's do this weird thing and like there is no it's I, I just, it's that, it's that, I, I just, I find, like, there's actually a podcast out there called Blank Check, so I don't, I don't want anybody to think, like, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I don't want, I, I do want to say that phrase was coined by mm -hmm. somebody else, but it's a Blank Check film, right? It's, they had made a bunch of money for the studio, mm -hmm. and the studio gave them $90 million or whatever right. to go make film, and David Mitchell is one of my favorite writers, um, and he wrote Cloud Atlas, the the book that this is based on. And I just I remember when this got announced, and I was just like, "What? Like, how are you going to film that book?" And the answer is, you want. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, but I'm kind of like you. Like, I don't know that I like it, but like I've seen it like a few mm -hmm. times, and it's just there's something really really interesting about it just the choices they make to have all the actors play all those different roles including other ethnicity which we talk about a lot mm -hmm. in the video 
uh, is a very interesting choice. And somehow it's okay. Like it kind of works in a weird way. Like it fits with what's going on, yeah. but it's also it's also kind of unsettling and weird. <laughs> sure. Because it just doesn't seem right. I, I'm curious if the movie would get made the same way today. I don't know. Um, I don't but know either, it's just, honestly. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's just one. It's like, a you know, I was like Batman Returns is another great example of like a blank check movie. It's just it's just it's this thing that happens where the directors get to do whatever they want because they've, you know, they've been so successful in the past. And this is typically what comes of that. Um, it's 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 just fascinating. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, toys is another great example of, you know, like that kind of movie. I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, Danae, I assume this hasn't been in your, uh, peripheral vision much at all. Cloud Atlas. No. Okay. I didn't even know it existed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is there. Honestly, Danae, there are parts of it. I think would tweak that part of you that just loves like Mm -hmm. world building and fantasy elements. And, but overall, I, think you would hate the movie just because there's not a lot understandable going on but um but yeah it's interesting in that way what did you think watching the video like as you watched it (laughs) (laughs) you know i've said it before i've said it i'll say it many other times i'm sure there are certain movies where you're just like i don't even know what's happening right now yeah Uh, i won't know what's happening right now i think in my notes let me go back to my notes here and by the way in this case that is not a result of doing a sin video that's a result of the movie itself right like there are different instances mm-hmm. of that happening where it's like well just because i'm watching the sin video it's hard to understand what's going on no you could watch the full movie and have the same feelings uh, on this one uh this is what i wrote down i have no idea what's going on and i do not want to no wait i do nope i don't yep i nope <laughs> yep <laughs> i just kind of yep. went back and forth yep that, uh, that sounds right that you sounds know it right. seems like there's just a lot of storylines that are converging and there's a connecting point point. and i think what the sins video did well is it kind of kept the new viewer in mind and tried to in some ways explain that there was a convergence happening like mm-hmm. for example there's a sin uh where the two characters are in an elevator and the sin is kind of about the coincidence of it all that gave me context as to okay so in this scene this is happening and this is why it's sinful um which is kind of sometimes a really important thing for us to consider when we're when we're sinning things is to try Mm. to remember that just because someone's seen this movie doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to remember exactly what's going on and so you kind of state what's Mm -hmm. happening to qualify the sin in a way. And for those of us who have never seen the movie like this before, it helps to give us a just a general broad stroke as to yeah. what's going on. So I still have no idea, but it's it's definitely not one I'm going to ask about here for sure because it's not an easy answer. That right. I can kind of derive from just the context clues, which is there's so many things happening that make the movie uh, an interesting experience. So trying to explain it to me would take a long time. like a long time and i don't know if if at the uh, end it would be that interesting anyway well let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show uh danae reads jeremy's thoughts on a movie that he wrote sins on what did uh, jeremy have to say about cloud atlas okay so uh aaron asked hey jeremy any thoughts on cloud atlas for this uh the show this week and he responds with jesus (laughs) and that's all he said well, there you go. Uh, um, beautiful so summary uh, that indeed will go on his letterbox. 
just he he did want to give you know the audience maybe a little bit more and i don't know if this is this would probably not go on to Redbox because it's definitely more of the writing process more than it is just his thoughts on the movie but um i, I was kind of involved in uh the the back end of this one especially with the ian as a new writer and just kind of helping helping to coordinate um i helped to train ian on how to do the video editing part of what we do on this one so we were kind of watching this together and and he's kind of making notes and things mm -hmm. like this so uh there was an interesting moment when they decided to cut a sin and so uh jeremy did kind of talk a little bit about that so we'll go into the behind the scenes stuff uh a little bit um he, he, jeremy says you're welcome to tell the audience about how i saw a lot of gun to head imagery and suicide stuff and I wrote a sin about it. Uh, so I'll pause there before I go on. Um, that was a really difficult part of this uh, movie for um, for Jeremy and I'm sure other people as well. That there's you know suicide and gun violence in this one. Um, anyways, he only then learned after writing it and kind of it going into production that the what is it Wachowski the Wachowskis. Couch Wachowskis. Wachowskis. Mm -hmm. um, they had suicidal uh, ideations during their respective transitions, and they probably put the stuff in the film to reflect their own journey, or at least they used that context with understanding and knowledge of the topic. So essentially, after he had written a sin kind of with his own struggle of watching the gun violence and suicidal things in the movie, he realized it was probably intentional, and so they ended up cutting the sin. Um, so it's just something that happens sometimes as we create these mm -hmm. where we'll get to the very last step before, uh, you guys will see a final product and realize either from watching it or having feedback from our patron supporters who see something and are wondering if it was missed, uh, or just, we decide to cut it at the last minute, even if it's something that was a really profound moment for us as a writer. And in this case, Jeremy had a really profound sin that he had written and, and decided to kind of cut it just because it seemed mm -hmm. like it was more intentional rather than something that was sinful. So yeah, we kind of catch things at different processes and that's a little bit uh, behind the scenes. Uh, let's, um, let's go into the sins themselves since we're already kind of talking about them. Um, I can kick us off. Uh, I will just say, this was one of those experiences for me where I'm like, I cannot, I cannot talk about all the sins I love in this video because it's like 80% of them. Like this, <laughs> this is such a funny no, this, video. This is, this is one of my, this is probably one of my all time favorites yeah. already. Like it's, it's, oh, it's amazing. It, and it's kind of one of those scenes where like, I was like, when I didn't get assigned this movie, I was like, oh, thank God. But uh, I but it looks like the two perfect people did because I don't know what I would have written about it. I can't even imagine trying to send this movie. So the fact that they were, I mean, that, that's just, they did a great job. It's so great, and I, I just pulled out a few. But I want to say, if you haven't watched this video, uh, it is one of it is one of the funniest ones uh, I've seen. So it's it's a lot of fun. Um, so here's just some of the ones I, I pulled out. Oh, it's going to be one of those kind of movies that just hops all over the place, be bopping and scatting all over me. Um, thought that was hilarious. Uh, don't ask me, Holly Berry. Ten seconds ago, I was on a beach following a man with a top hat affliction. In seconds before that, <laughs> I was sat around a campfire living out the alternate ending to Castaway. I haven't been this lost since that time my parents dropped me off at Ikea with nothing more than a rusty compass and an encouraging, Jeremy, be free. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
good. Uh, the simplicity of Tenant called and it wants its migraine back. Uh, just so great. Um, and then the Hugh Grant's uh, native now. I guess Hugh's playing the cultural appropriator in this movie. Um, I thought was funny. Uh, why movie talk missing words act like new language genius? Um, I thought that was great as a way to make fun of the, the language. Uh, the exactly fantastic point well made. Who in their right mind would want to be friends with a lawyer? Um, I thought that was a great spin. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm telling you, this 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 script, man, it's so much fun. Hey, boss, uh, how are we going to get the rad sunset we want from uh, for this scene on the balcony? Green screen, baby. That's why they pay you the big bucks, sir. Who are you? I'm just a grip. The key grip? No, sir, just a regular grip. You're fired. <laughs> it's, just, it's just beautiful. Uh, and then uh, uh, bringing your feet to a horse chase uh, is just just some real <laughs> brilliant stuff. So I could have listed 10 more, but those are the ones I chose chose I to list. So um, why don't you go next, uh, Jonathan? Um, I also like the uh, I'm sorry movie, but no amount of self-awareness and self-depreciation will save you from being sinned for what is one of the most confusing ass opening sequences I've ever seen. And I just watched Primer. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, nothing says I love you like a waistcoat. <laughs> Um, I liked the description of the, I guess it was the background or whatever. It's like the 70s meets pea soup. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I a lot of the ones uh, 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 Aaron mentioned, but I did, I don't know why that he just killed a dog, mm -hmm. got me dying. Like it was, it was just the way it just got thrown in there. And man, the future really does fucking love it. Some concrete. <laughs> yep. It's good stuff. One that slayed me. Danae, what about you? Oh man. Um, so I think mine are all about delivery or some recurring sins that I really enjoyed since I don't have the context of having actually watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, but the twas the night of the lemon prizes as the lead in and the narrator just freaks out. It was like, Oh my God, not the night of the lemon. Let's go. It's <laughs> yep. so funny to me. And I, I, I've said this before, but when Jeremy has seen, um, something that he narrates and he's especially like passionate about sending it, I think it just changes some of how mm. he amplifies, and that was one of them. Uh, we yeah. have an, uh, Jeremy, Jeremy coming back with the balcony toss for I Won't Be Needing This Anymore, which was delightful to see. Um, there's this scene where there are two people that are naked under the covers, parents walk in, and the guy jumps up and he grabs a cat to cover mm -hmm. his naked man bits. And the ensuing sins are just hilarious to me. So I was reviewing this, as I said earlier, with the edit with Ian, who wrote this sin series. And um, so the first sin is this. So the guy is trying to kind of excuse away you, his naked presence in this room. Um, and it's a sin where, like, the narrator uh, is trying to explain away why this condom cat awkward situation is happening and it's so funny um even if you've not seen this movie just the this these sins are so great mm -hmm. uh so he kind of is explaining things away and then just after this hilarious explanation the next sin is pointing out all of the things in the room that this guy could use as a cover rather than a cat and so in the um uh uh, in the script, the instructions to the editors are to put like X amount of arrows pointing to these specific things. Mm -hmm. And when we were reviewing it, all of a sudden, all these arrows just pop up on screen in perfect timing with the narration. 
And one, the, the arrow that was in the middle was this massive arrow. So usually they're kind of all the same size arrow. This thing was huge and it was just pointing out the window as if one of the <laughs> options was just to like leap out of the window. Mm-hmm. So Ian and I are laughing so hard we can't even focus. We kind of pull ourselves together and we decide that, okay, this massive arrow is really funny, but let's like let's point it to what it's supposed to be pointing to. But it's just such a funny, uh, funny thing. Um, So I really liked seeing that. Uh, Another one of my favorite recurring sins that is also in this one, which has been in Wonder Woman. uh, And there's some other ones that it it will be making an appearance in. I think Loki is going to make an appearance. um, Is when there's a chauvinist asshole on screen, like a guy that's being an absolute jerk to a female. And the ensuing sin is so-and-so survives this. Like, he survives being this much of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like that one. Uh, a couple more that I really loved were there's two people at the end who are kind of fighting back and forth. They're both wearing the exact same outfit, dark masks and dark gear. And the sin is just making fun of, like, who's winning. And the delivery of, like, yeah, go get him. Oh, I'm rooting for this guy. Nope, it's this guy. Just the confusion back and mm-hmm. forth is fun. Uh, but perhaps the very best is the hoo run at the end where the narrator is just going off uh, <laughs> after being annoyed with the, is it Pigden English or something? What is it? Pigeon. Pigeon. Pigeon? I couldn't remember yep. what it was called. Yeah. I was so, curious if Ian wrote wow. that one just because, you know, there is an element of kind of making uh, making fun of, uh, you know, like ye old English, you know, kind of idea. Yeah, I don't, so I I don't was, know who wrote that one in particular, yeah. but it was yeah. genuinely hilarious. So. It was. It was very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to keeping tabs. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, those are my dogs. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. 
We're each going to take a look at something from uh, putting together the content for the week for you. And when I say each of us, I mean the other two will because I didn't write on anything this week. Um, so, Danae, why don't you kick us off? What's something uh, from your keeping tabs? Um, mine were really simple. I mean, I looked up rock videos and spent a good amount of time trying to find the best audio for the can you smell what the rock is cooking and then also, you know, getting lost down the home star runner um that was Bunny funny. Trail. I actually, when you said that, I thought you just meant you looked up like <laughs> like rock videos. Like, well, I mean, it can mean so many things. Like music, it can mean videos about rocks. <laughs> it's like, and then it ended up being the one thing I didn't think of was videos about the rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yep. Dwayne Johnson. So. Yep, but those are always fun. Uh, looking up WWE videos, but the one thing that I was really kind of pleased to to learn more about was the American Civil Liberties Union, um, which I looked up after watching Willy Wonka to learn more about all of that, which, you know, they were founded to, quote, defend and preserve the individual rights and liberties guaranteed to every person in this country by the Constitution and laws of the United States. So um, that was mentioned. uh, And I can talk about more of that in the comment section. But the um, now I'll just talk about it now. So one of the sins is the discomfort with the Oompa Loompas and then the mention of making a donation to the ACLU. And mm-hmm. for those who are inquiring, yes, the team has made donations to ACLU. So mm-hmm. that's that's a true go. statement there. So I kind of just read up more on the organization and stuff because I, uh, when I when I read the sin or when I was experiencing the sin, I was like, I think I know what that is. I know what that is. And then you just go to double check and kind of just brush up on your knowledge. Nice. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, what about you? What's your keeping tabs? Um, so I had a bunch of just little things, but uh, one of them was actually, we already talked about, I was going to talk about the uh, Danae's comment about being able to see uh, Rick's junk, which was really funny. <laughs> but uh, for, for Willy Wonka, I looked up the ingredients of nitroglycerin. So I'm sure I'm back on the FBI's most wanted. Yeah, that's uh, a big you know, one. Yeah. So if I wasn't, because I just thought it was funny, the teacher, there's a sin about that. The teacher's having Charlie mix up these things. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the ingredients to nitroglycerin. Yep. And I found out that was true. Um, I also looked up how many people are actually in the world because the mother at one point says something about there's a hundred billion people in the world. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't, that's not true. <laughs> Jonathan's like, um, I don't think so. <laughs> one, two, three, four. So as of like 2021, and it's still counting every day because people are, you know, born and whatnot, but it's about 7.9 billion. I don't know what it was in 1971, but mm-hmm. Um, I felt comfortable enough saying, yeah, that's not true. So uh, also uh, Peter Ostrom, who played uh, Charlie, uh, never did another film. And uh, I ended up not I ended up not using anything about that. But I did look that up because I was curious about that when I saw that was his only IMDb credit. And, um, you know, Barrett and I joked, well, maybe maybe just because he wasn't that good, <laughs> which, which he really kind of isn't. <laughs> but that's mean. But I uh, know he was offered a three picture deal. And um, after he did that and uh, by the studio and uh, as a kid, he just he turned it down. He didn't want to. He just had no interest in doing it. And I don't and I don't know, like he's never really been that outspoken. About, he's never really talked much. At least they said he did come out and do some junkets and stuff when they made the new one. Um, the Tim Burton one, but mm-hmm. uh, he's never spoken a ton about uh, working on the movie. So, I mean, I don't know if it just, hmm. if something actually happened or if it just wasn't, you know, he just didn't enjoy it or or whatever it is, but he's uh, he's doing his own, he's been doing his own thing, um, you know, since then. But I just thought that was interesting. Um, so those are just a few little things I 
I dove into trying nice. to come up with some stuff. Yep. Well, let's move on to the comment section. I want to know what you're thinking. I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're just going to take a look at uh, some of your feedback from the week. Um, I do have something here. I actually got an email uh, that I wanted to read. Uh, should I do that now or after your comments? What do you think, Danae? Kick it off. All right. Uh, so we got an email uh, from Patrick who says, uh, hey, love BTS. Uh, throwing you a high side of loved it recommend money explained on netflix on a recent bts show you briefly mentioned the process of parenting and talking to kids about financial independence money explained just came out on netflix and i'll tell anyone who will listen this should be required viewing for teens and young adults 20-ish minute episodes that are entertaining that dive into different aspects of money or as you put it financial independence it would be at the very Hmm. least a great starting point for those conversations and i love this series so that comes from patrick Cool. Uh, wanted to uh, give us a recommend uh, on that. So thank you. Thank you for sending that uh, in. Uh, today, what's your comment this week? Uh, this one came from our live chat during our BTS recording from Tom Trainer, who asks, did Cloud Atlas tie into something or just for the hell of it on the schedule? And the answer to that, thank you for asking, is it was just for the hell of it. Um, nearly everything is kind of for the hell of it because we've done nearly every chapter of every franchise and we've only started getting new big movies in the theaters. Uh, that question was answered directly by Chris, who I wrote to during the live show, and he answered that one for you. So thanks Ooh, for the question. Instant feedback. I love it. Jonathan, uh, what about you? Yeah, so my comment came from Willie Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, James Cannon, uh, in reference to us talking about, I think Barrett mentioned this in his comments, but we had a sin in there how it was kind of interesting that like all the kids fit whatever room that they went to like mm-hmm. one of the kids like they went to a tv room and one of the kids is obsessed with tv so we made a yep. whole thing about that and then so james cannon wrote a slightly more disturbing thought than wonka just happening rooms that play to the children's vices is that he took the time to research the kids and then specifically built the rooms and devices for each child as a test to see if they could overcome their flaws and given how he gaslights everyone this is a distinct possibility so way to make that movie creepier uh, James Cannon, I yeah, you might be on to something. There were so. a few people in the comments that were like, "We all do understand that Willy Wonka is just the you know family movie version of the Saw franchise, right?" Like we do, <laughs> yeah, so. we do all understand this. So it's like, yeah, I guess you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. <laughs> I still think that's Home Alone, but yeah, you know, whatever. It's a fair point as well. Uh, or that's Jigsaw as a kid. Let's 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 Home Alone. <laughs> that's is. right. Let's move on to Beyond the Sins to Infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. We're just going to chat about something else from the pop culture world that we have seen recently. Um, Jonathan, why don't you kick us off? Um, So just last night, I I went to the theater. Um, I did not see Black Widow because uh, my wife and I are going to watch that this weekend together. But I did, for some reason, go see The Forever Purge, uh, which is the fifth film in the, I guess popular purge franchise i mean they keep making them so somebody's watching them um i don't know that i really particularly would say i'm a fan of this series but i'm really fascinated by it it's a really um i don't know have you watched a lot of them aaron or i've any watched of a them, few or? of them i think i've watched most of them actually i send one of them uh oh but yeah that's right you send the, the last one the first purge i, I think believe, so right? yeah the first purge yeah. yeah um i like you am fascinated by the concept 
uh, in the world building. Um, but the movie on the movies don't seem to unfortunately be as interested in that as I am. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, I think that's kind of my thing. There's a, you know, in the first one there is, cause the first one is basically just like a home invasion thriller. Like mm-hmm. it, it's yeah. not, you know, and it just happens to be set during this crazy idea that there's this right. thing called the purge where right. you can, you can commit all these crimes. And, but like, towards the end of that first one, once they kind of dispose of the, they dispense of the people that are trying to, you know, get them in their house, then you find out that the main character, or you found this out at the beginning, but the main character played by Ethan Hawke, um, the way he's gotten rich is that he created these security systems that a lot of the wealthier people have bought Mm -hmm. and used on Purge Night. And so they kind of in a weird way resent that like he basically like you know you were able to move in our neighborhood because we paid you basically mm-hmm. and uh there's like this like interesting bit where like the neighborhood kind of turns on his family but unfortunately that's like 10 minutes of the movie the rest of the movie is just standard you know home invasion stuff but i remember thinking at the time like that's really interesting yep. and that's kind of more what i would think the the movies would go towards and they kind of do that in the next one. Like the next one is probably purge anarchy is probably the best one because it's kind of like, it basically takes like a disaster movie format where you've got people on different sides of the city doing their thing. And then they kind of merge together and, mm-hmm. you know, fight this stuff off and whatnot. Uh, and, but then after that, the, the next couple kind of got more into the political mechanic, you know, the stuff going on in the background, like the stuff going on behind the scenes, which I didn't find that as interesting. No. This one is kind of trying to get back, I believe, to what more of what the second one was doing. And it also brings into this idea that like, you know, after the purge, there's this group of people that decide they're just going to keep it going. Um, in the movie, they call it the Ever After Purge, um, mm-hmm. which I can see why they didn't title the movie that because it's dumb. But they called the movie the Forever Purge, but that's what it's referencing. Another thing I found interesting about this movie at the beginning was that it was in Texas. Um, all the other movies have been kind of urban. Uh, right. They've always been like in cities. So this was like in the like this was like the ranches of Texas, you know, outside of El Paso, I think. And so I thought that was interesting. Yeah. But they kind of ditched that after about 30 minutes, and then they're just back in a city. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> I, like, like, I've just seen this. I just feel like this is the only thing they ever do. And um, this movie is terrible. Like, I mean, just really terrible. I mean, the, the only thing it really had to do was be better than the last one, uh, which was also quite terrible. And it, it couldn't even manage that. There is... Um, these movies obviously are very political in nature, but, um, th- and so I'm not surprised by that, but this one just seems a lot more over the top than even the past ones have been. And also like, it does this weird thing where it's like, we're going to be like this, we're going to hit you hard with this message, but then we also want to be this exploitation, you know, uh, blockbuster kind of summer film. And those are two things on their own that are okay, but together they don't always gel. And this is a really bad, uh, example of that. The, it's not made well, the directing's terrible. Um, for the most part, it's edited really weird. I don't know. It's just everything about this movie. It just, it absolutely does not work. I, I cannot tell you how much I would recommend avoiding this movie. If you had any interest in seeing it, um, even if you're like a completist, just let it go. Just let it go. <laughs> just let you it go, man. Just you don't need go. this. And there's, and I got to say, Josh Charles is one of the main, or Josh Lucas, Josh Lucas, right? Is that his, the guy that kind of looks like Matthew McConaughey? Mm-hmm. That's Josh Lucas, right? I believe so. He's in this, and he's like, uh, he's like the, the wealthy rancher that's kind of like one of the main characters that 
And um, there's this scene with Helm and one of his ranch hands that's helping him, who who happens to be um, a Mexican. And, um, you know, it's like Josh, Josh Lucas's character is like that Hollywood version of the he's not racist. He's just complex. And that can be done well. But like there's this scene in this movie where he's asked a question and the way he answers it is like ridiculous. Like the answer he gives is so ridiculous and it's so just like awful, but the movie actually wants to present it as like, it's interesting. Like it's an interesting perspective. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but then you have the Mexican character who he's basically talking down to, like telling him he might be right. And it's just, I don't know. It's so weird. It's like, like, like I would almost rather him just be like full on racist stereotype. Like that would be seem that would somehow be less insulting. Mm -hmm. I don't know. This movie's, this movie's terrible. It's just everything about it is so bad. Well, I wasn't planning on watching it. So, uh, (laughs) unless I get assigned it, uh, you have confirmed, uh, that I probably won't watch it. (laughs) Oh, do not watch it. Yeah. Uh, I think I only watched it because I'm a completist, unfortunately. And I, I hate that about myself. Yeah. Just got to let it go. Let it go, John. (laughs) I am a bit of a completist as well. I have that tendency, which is one of the reasons I decided to watch Monsters at Work on uh, Disney+. (laughs) Plus. I like the Monsters universe uh, that Pixar has presented. And Mm -hmm. is this the first TV show based on Pixar material on Disney+. Plus. I'm trying to think if there's... I mean, I know, on Disney Plus, probably. I don't know if there's... There might have been shows like on the Disney Channel yes, and stuff Yes, there have been the like Cars, Shorts, and yeah. you know some different things like that. But uh, I kind of liked this. Uh, I, I wasn't expecting much. Cool. It was only half an hour, and so I thought I'd just you know check out the pilot and kind of see what I thought. Um, I think it's well done. I'm pretty sure, unless they got great uh, you know people to do uh, imitations... That John Goodman and Billy Crystal are actually back in this. Oh, now it's not. I'm almost positive that's right. It's it's not. Um, it is. They're not like a huge central part of the plot, but mm-hmm. they are in it. And the show deals very specifically with what happened after Monsters Inc. Um, you know, because Monsters University was a prequel. So I don't know. I found it really interesting. There's some world building going on here. Some like, okay, now that we know laughter is 10 times as powerful as scream, what does that mean for Monsters Incorporated? Like how how does that really change what they do? And how does that impact somebody who just, you know, got their degree in screaming, you know, or in scaring, I should say, and has been like one of the best scarers ever to come out of Monsters University. And now all of a sudden scaring isn't something we're doing anymore. I don't know. It deals mm-hmm. with some kind of interesting stuff, and I thought it was funny and enjoyable and interesting. Um, oh, I'm glad to. I'm glad to hear that. Is, now, is Pete Doctor involved in this? You know, do I don't you know? know. I haven't looked up any of the the back end behind the scenes stuff about it. So, um, you know, that would kind of be my next step. I just watched it yesterday, so I haven't really done looks a lot like, of research. But looks like no, they have the creator listed as Robert Scanaway, but uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman, Jennifer Tilly, they're all listed as. Uh, that they're back doing the voices, so yeah. I assume that is so there correct. You go. Um, so good to hear. I I enjoyed it. I will tell you, it's possible there's a little bit of Mighty Ducks going on here, where it's not a great necessarily great show, but I'm just enjoying it for some reason. I don't mm-hmm. know. It's hard for me to tell, especially with Pixar stuff. Um, like I said, I love the Monsters Universe, um, and when I say that, I don't mean the Universal Monsters Universe. I mean the Monsters Inc. Monsters Universe. 
so so yeah, but I enjoyed it. So there you go. There's there's that monsters at work. And is also, on it never hurts to mention that Monsters University is actually a great movie. It is, and uh, people are wrong <laughs> <laughs> about it not being a great movie. I think Monsters University is a great movie, but that shouldn't surprise I, people. I do too. It's awesome. Uh, Danae, what about you? Well, I've just spent the last like ten minutes trying to figure out if I could change my name. Uh, to match with Danae says so I can play games with everybody on Android, but I can't figure it out. So um, I'm going to have to tell you a weird name today if you want to play Polytopia with me. I've talked about Polytopia before, but I am loving it. And um, it used to be back in the day, even when I first talked about it on BTS like two years ago or whatever, Mm-hmm. That if you wanted to play with someone, you had to have their friend code. And the friend code was some very, very long, uh, one of those secure password type things. And now you can just right. search by the username. So that means that you guys can challenge me if you want to. And I thought that'd be kind of fun. So um, I'm having a resurgence of Polytopia love. Challenge me to a game. My name is Quacker Punch. That's right. Quacker Punch. Q-U-A-C-K-E-R. P-U-N-C-H. Quacker. Yeah, it's not It's not a choice. It's not like quack or punch. Quacker. It's quacker. quacker like somebody punch. who quacks yeah. uh, is, mm-hmm. has punched you. Yes. So you've been yeah. quacker punched. You've been quacker punched, <laughs> which mm-hmm. yes. I try to change it just for, you know, continuity. I uh, can't figure it out. So there you go. Um, I love this game. It is very much like a dumbed down. I don't know if the word is dumb, but it's a very simplistic Age of Empires-esque game. It's been a while since I've talked about it. So for those of you who don't know what it is, it's a map domination game. So you can play against the computers if you'd like to. Um, but essentially you start off with like a little village and then you have to um, mine the area around you for resources to upgrade your village, which gives you more resources you can use those resources to buy things like better um defenses or whatever and there's a learning curve to every single game but this is uh one where when you start the map is something that you can't see like you can see the area that you're at and as you explore it you find other villages to take over or perhaps your enemy waiting to destroy you um yeah i don't know if there's anything else to say about it but if you jump in and you can learn from their tutorials they have a discord they have like websites where you can go and you can learn more about the game um but i i love this game a ton and i didn't realize that they had updated it so now i can play with friends in fact i tried to make aaron (laughs) (laughs) i tried to make aaron get this game so that i could uh challenge him and we could play together because there's like there's a couple ways to win you can either race to get to 10,000 points or you can do map domination where you try to like eliminate your person altogether. So I tried to give him the crash course tutorial of this game and mm-hmm. it was very much like when we talked about Dungeons and Dragons and your brain's like, I am trying to process a lot of information at once. This is going to just yeah. take some time. So yeah, yeah. I have played since then though. So yeah. So yeah, it's, it's interesting I, enough to, to stick with. I will say it's free on Android. Um, and you have four tribes you can choose from. And each tribe gives you kind of a different bonus to starting off with them. A different, mm-hmm. uh, they have a talent tree for anyone who kind of who's used to games like this. So different parts in the talent tree will be unlocked depending on which tribe you choose. And then, yes, you can purchase other tribes as well that give you even more features. Um, so, yeah. And I also just realized that they have a Steam game too. So... 
I spent $22 yesterday and bought the <laughs> PC version of Polytopia thinking that they linked in with my Android. They do not. It's totally separate. So I'm going to have to build up uh, that as well. I may even like play this game with friends on Twitch later because it's just fun. And yeah. Uh, okay. Well, we uh, we did it, guys. We hit the uh, Beyond the Sins trifecta. Jonathan recommends something horror-related. Aaron recommends something Pixar-related. I didn't recommend. I'm sorry. Jonathan mentioned something horror-related. Aaron mentioned something <laughs> Pixar-related. And Danae mentions an app game. Uh, congratulations to us uh, for being the best versions of ourselves. Uh, so that is the Forever Purge that is in theaters, Monsters at Work on Disney Plus, and Polytopia on your local app store. Well, that's going to do it for Behind the Scenes this week. Don't forget to make sure you're subscribed and go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. Uh, if you've got anything you want to send us, mail it to P.O. Box 881, Republic, Missouri, 65738. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae Says. D-E-N-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins today, Hughes, a former Cloud Atlas grip, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy Orange Chicken Day! Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to bts at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash bts. Okay, cool. No, my uh, my adjustments were just I had to mess with them because I traveled with this mic, so it got a little. Ah, I see. Just in case, I took it with me. I uh, see, I see, I see. I need to tape it down next time. That's what someone on RuPaul's Drag Race said. <laughs> just put all those papers anywhere today. <laughs> so I played music last night. Oh, is that what uh, that is? Yeah, nice. like, I had like a little mini jam sesh. Um, a friend came over, we played music, and it, we just exploded everywhere. And I'm just like, that's fun. Yeah. Did you go live on Twitch? No, I, because then I'd I'd have to face like we'd have to figure out how to right do to it. Shoot it. It's our yeah. first time playing together, and I wasn't sure how it was going to go. How did it go? I think it went okay. Yeah, we we played different styles of music, but. When I started to kind of show him the music that, because what we realized is that if we wanted to try to harmonize or or anything like that, mm-hmm. we really can't do our original songs until we've learned them. And his original songs are really fast paced and highly intricate lyrics and a lot of chord changes. I literally just sat there, it was like, and just tapped my guitar as if it was a drum while he was doing his stuff because I, I could not keep up. I didn't know what key he was in. <laughs> So we went to a couple songs that were like, well, let's try this one. And the crazy thing about the old songs I was taught by the hippies back in the day is that they're great for harmony. I mean, the lyrics are about trains not coming to your town anymore and your mind town being shut down and robbing people and playing poker while tumbleweeds go by. And that's weird now, but they're designed to be these like storytelling songs where you can really get into it and... So those ended up being ones that we actually tried to play, which was kind of a blast for me. Yeah. So, yeah. It was fun. Fun. Uh, I sang until I didn't have a voice anymore. So that's the first time I've done that in a long time. Well, glad it's back. I was really impressed with myself. I was really pleased with like what I was able to do. And then it was time for him to go. And so uh, we all walked him out to the car. Iris was home with Justin at that time. 
And so Justin's talking to him as he's getting in the car to leave. And Iris looks up and sees a star in the sky. And she's like, mommy, let's sing Twinkle Twinkle. And so I was like, okay. And nothing came out. I was like, Twinkle Twinkle. <laughs> like, there was... <laughs> I had to kind of... Mommy, are you a demon? <laughs> it was so weird. And we had just finished. We're like, okay, that's a good place to stop. Thanks for coming. And here comes Iris. And she's like, you have to play my favorite song. So we printed, printed out the chords for Sarah Borales Eden, which is definitely meant mm-hmm. to be a piano song. And uh, we, we just played it on uh, Spotify and kind of played along to it a little bit. And literally, Iris is dancing around like these expressive dances here in the room while I'm nice. singing and trying to keep up with this really intricate song called Eden. But it's Iris's absolute favorite song. And as soon as it started to play, she's like, this is it. And she turns to Brian. She's like, this is the best song ever. <laughs> yeah, Borellis she's amazing. is great, man. Yeah, you and Iris should start watching Girls 5 Eva together. She'll learn a lot from that show. Sarah Borellis is on it. She'll love it. Do I trust you right now? <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, do not trust me right now. Is this a trust Aaron you, moment? You should, you should watch Girls Five Ever. Okay. You, you will love it. But okay. no, it's not. It's not for Iris. <laughs> Definitely not for Iris. I think we should do an entire season of The Office, Danae, and see do how that does. Do you want me to hurt you today? <laughs> <laughs> who's the new guy? Get out of here! Hey, <laughs> okay, who's the new guy? Oh, the there it is. New guy. <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Jonathan Watkins, writer for uh, <laughs> Cinema Sins, TV Sins, and uh, Say Quesadilla. Yeah. Quesadilla. Yeah, that's uh, when Danae told me that. Danae, what's the story behind that? Because that was b- you and Ian uh, first. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't remember the exact origin, but if uh, the general gist of it is when we first started talking there are just certain words that he says very differently. And he said something like, wait until you hear how we say quesadilla. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was all in text. <laughs> and so I was like, well, how do you say quesadilla? And he sent me an audio clip and I just, I was like, that is not true. And I thought he was trolling me. <laughs> I didn't believe right. him. Cause who says quesadilla? <laughs> right. Right. So, yeah. But then he's continued to do that. And apparently that's, that's just how they say it in England. That's how they say it. There's lots of other things, too, but... Yeah. We're getting ready to officially start the show, but we do have a request here. Now, I, Derek, I'm sure Aaron's answer is yes, he will attempt this live. Oh, man. Uh, sure. I, I think you're good to go. I, I just glanced wow, that at is it. Quite a, that is quite a tongue twist, do it, do it. twister. I'm not even sure. Is it sluice? I think it's sluice. Is it sluice? Mm-hmm. Okay. The Sue saying sluice, sluice, shrewdly slew the strewing spewed stew through spruce. Ooh. That was close, right? That's pretty that good. Was close. It was a little slow. The Sue saying sluice, sluice, through. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I can't. I got through four. Okay, my almost. turn, my turn. Uh-huh. The Sue saying. <laughs> the Actually, this. saying Speaking whale through <laughs> nicely done, guys. I'll just speed that up. It'll sound like you said it normally. It's amazing. Uh, Danae, hmm? you gonna gonna come Whoa. back to reality here at any point? I got something in my teeth. Oh, uh, what do you mean? I'm super everything. Hey, I can somehow there's a way to set this to default, right? Like I, uh, it should be it should be a way yeah, to turn I off the effects. Yeah. I just, I'm working on it. 
Just uh-huh. hang out. Yeah, I'm ready yeah, to sure. go. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> uh, Nick says this morning went by too quick and I forgot to watch the Cloud Atlas video. I am ashamed. Well, we do judge you. We we judge all of you who haven't watched all of the videos uh, who listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. You are, you know, you should be ashamed. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere. Visit highland.com.